0: Guys, and welcome back to another episode of the Nursing Handover Podcast with your two favourite girls. You've got me, Jerry, and I've got the lovely Diane by my side. Guys, we have been very quiet, but I want to apologise. Said- I was sick, guys. <laughs> like I had very bad tonsillitis, and trust me, you don't want to hear me talk like this. <laughs> I'm a lot better, so I apologise for last week not having an episode out. But legit, my throat was dying.
1: Yes, guys. And you know how we always promote a good R&R? Some rest and relaxation. So relaxed, rested, rejuvenated, and we're back to basically chat your ears off. Of course. What else? What do we do better than that? (laughs) I am telling you.
0: (laughs) But Lady Di, how are you? How have you been since we last had a proper catch up?
1: I am good. Like, I cannot complain. Like, I am good. I'm good. Work is is good. keeping me busy. Mm. Uni is uni. Yeah. <laughs> that same life sounds the same good. like when we were in uni. Actually, life is virtual, but do you know what? i have done it a year, so we can do it again. We can finish, finish strong. I feel like it's the last lap, so mm. it's fine. How are you um, actually finding uni this year with it being pretty much virtual? It's hard to focus because you're in your house. Um, yeah. You spend a lot of time distracting yourself, mm. but my mum lovingly bought me this really nice desk, so at least I now have somewhere to put my laptop, and oh, that's good. I can like posture myself and feel like I'm sat somewhere, and you know, yeah, that way I'm fine. But it's just a bit distracting. But then saying that I am saving money, no transport costs, mm-hmm. um, that and I'm, up, in to I'm in the comfort of my own home with a blanket and all that business, so. It's got its perks, let's put it that way. Yeah. You know? So yeah, life is good. I can't complain. Good, good. And how are you, Miss Tonsilitis?
0: I'm good. I'm doing a lot better. Thank God I don't have tonsilitis anymore. Um, But no, I've been away. I've still been working. I've just tried to stay away from my meetings because, like I said, no one wants to hear me talk like this. <laughs> so... I'm, I'm quite thankful. I'm a lot better. I'm just here drinking some honey, lemon, and I think there may also be garlic in this. But, um, yeah, I'm staying on tip-top form, doing what we have to do, continuing spreading joy and peace. Amen. Throughout the streets of London. Whoop, whoop. But, yeah, apart from that, well, pretty much more so working from home rather than anything else. Just like you mm-hmm. said, it has been quite, I want to say strenuous because it's so, oh, how do I explain it? you could just roll out of bed at like 8 45 and you'll be on time yeah time
1: you should could... just slide onto the computer desk and it's like yeah.
0: and it's not normal for me because of course I've always been clinical this adjustment is very hard yeah because I find myself struggling a lot more that I'm just like I lose focus I don't want to look at the computer screen or I just go for random breaks don't get me wrong you should be taking breaks if, from looking at the screen Mm. I just find yourself doing something, and you've completely gone off. And yeah, I you were even supposed to be at work. Definitely. So, I'm like I've been doing it since I started this new role. Role, but I'm still trying to adapt because my mind still says you're clinical. You're a clinical mm. worker. You're a clinical worker. Mm. But no, apart from that, work's been okay. It's quite hard because we actually can't go. Well, you can and you can't go out and see your patients. I mean my students it just depends whether they are on the vulnerable list and actually attending school or not Mm. or whether you try to get them into the health centre really because for us home visits are pretty much a no-no yeah so that's proven a bit difficult but apart from that work's been all right
1: good and how how are you feeling now because you're a bit more bit more into it now I guess do you feel like you're getting a flow and
0: yeah I don't think I'm getting the real flow I'm getting the corona flow not that I've got COVID, guys but as in we're working the best with what we've got
1: yeah yeah
0: and like when I speak to other members of the team they they still say like pre-corona everyone would be in the office you would have met everyone by now because I still find that like there's people that I haven't met mm. um because it's a pretty big team the team I'm in I'm in and because i we're only supposed to be in the office two days a week and I think, yeah, well, it's supposed to be in the office two days a week and you can only have eight people in at one time. So that's four people to each office. So that's yeah. very limiting. So there's some people that just aren't even coming in at all mm-hmm. because there's no space for them to come in. So I think I'm getting the hang of things and the adaptation has been quite good. I think it's taken me a lot longer than others just because I have been so clinical forever. But I'm just taking it on my stride and continuing, really that's it that's what you can do much else I can do (laughs) um it's just like I said it's just a shame that it's happened during corona but I think this was definitely the time for me to step and spread my wings throughout school health amen honey amen Mm -hmm. but yeah despite having tonsillitis this has been great again guys I really do apologize for missing out on last week but like Diane said sometimes you just need to R&R yourself time out feel a lot better and come back even stronger so here we
1: are so my girl give us today's menu what is on the menu well
0: if you have stayed up to date with nursing news there are current talks that student nurses and I think midwives don't quote me on that are going to be paid for their placements again um and also as we already know the UK seems to have the worst numbers in the world shock horror um we also were going to discuss I know we've discussed it a few times but the vaccine the post wars as I I like to call it because a lot of people have now had their vaccine and we're now seeing what could potentially happen and I'm not talking about side effects as in people's mindsets towards it and essentially then lastly just some coping mechanisms yeah during this time like I think it's been quite hard and even uh, quite hard and quite difficult whether you are a healthcare worker or not to listen to our podcast we're in another lockdown it's quite hard it's quite stressful people are still working from home if you're living on your own yes you can form a bubble with some others but then you might not want to because of your own anxieties around corona and stuff like that but it's been pretty hard, pretty difficult. So me and Dan just wanted to share with you our coping mechanisms and how yeah. we're getting through this. And it's not like it's not easy at all for anyone. I don't think anyone truly appreciates be it living like this when we're not used to it at all. Yeah, but we are doing the best we can, and I want you to all. I don't want people to feel so negative about it. Um, but yeah. So it's just like ways to cope what you can do and just remembering like you matter and this is a very stressful time that we're all going through
1: yeah definitely so we're going to kick off with topic I guess topic one really Mm -hmm. is about the pay of students so I first saw this story on Instagram actually Mm -hmm. and I saw one of these Instagram posts from Buying to babies, so this Mm -hmm. is someone I follow on Instagram, and in fact, she was talking about the fact they actually weren't paying midwives, just nurses. Oh, so it's not midwives. Okay, sorry, my bad, guys. They're just nurses, and in a way, I don't know how I feel about it. Like, if you're going to do that, then we should always pay them. Then why pay them just now? And what's changed all of a sudden again? Yeah. Um, where's this money come from? Because you can't give the rest of the nursing world more money Mm -hmm. I don't know
0: I don't know I feel like you've got mixed feelings which I also have as well because really and truly the nursing course and the nursing mid-course course and the midwifery course are both vocational courses they're very hands-on and what we do for placement is what we would have to do for placement regardless you have to work on the wards. you have to work in different settings to get your experience to be able to qualify however we never got paid I know we we when we went to uni we had a bursary and stuff like that but we're not paying proper tuition fees do you get what I mean yeah and like we paid we paid well our course was free our course our actual nursing
1: degree was free it was funded yeah yeah we do, we just got money. We just got a bursary, or you got a student
0: loan. Yeah, but no. But what I'm saying is, now that it's technically more academic, with air quotes, they're now the student nurses and student midwives are now paying the nine grand per year, just like everyone else. Yeah, and I, I kind of sympathise with them because they're doing so much work to still only get the same as like their other peers doing the same courses.
1: Yeah, I think I think personally you should either go back to funding it by the NHS and give in a bursary because then you're probably going to have more uptake. Oh, 100%. Number one. But if you are going to keep the system the way it is where you have decided to make it a fee-paying course like all the others, then I I think you should give incentive. Because if you think about it now, a lot of student nurses work part-time and now they can't work part-time.
0: Yeah, so they can't make that extra money that they'll be living off right now. Because yeah. we are in lockdown, and if like even if we think back to what nursing, what nursing school was like for us, me and Diane worked our asses off.
1: Yeah, those what three far? years.
0: So I can only imagine what it's going to be like now for student nurses who necessarily don't live at home or don't have extra funds to help them get through this time because it is also very expensive I also understand like you know everything's shut but it doesn't mean that you know food and accommodation all this stuff is paid for no um so I personally do think they should be paid and also going through this time that we're seeing that we need a lot more student nurses we need a lot more nurses and it, people in general to fund the NHS right now I think it's probably a great incentive to getting people out to help.
1: Yeah, but I also just also look at it as you need to start as you mean to go on. You're you're derailing these students learning anyway to fill in the gaps that you created and mm. they're having to pay the price because their learning is being impacted. Having to be lifted from where you, sp- you thought you were going to go to another environment because you're basically helping fill vacancies. Mm-hmm. That, that's not nice you know you're you're filler essentially and yes they are going to learn and they are going to be exposed to things and exposure is always good experience is always good and if you're more practical than academic then it's even better for you because you're seeing more and doing more yeah but someone has to be accountable and someone has to take responsibility and say okay fine they're doing all this stuff they're helping us out so help them out but I also then think what about midwives
0: I think, I can't lie, we've always been, with midwives, I think, and nurses, we've always kind of been clumped together. Yes, we have different royal colleges, but it's always been nurses and midwives, nurses and midwives, and I think they go hand in hand.
1: Yeah.
0: Just because people say that maternity is shielded, I'm sorry, they're still going through the same different stresses. Like Yes, they may be shielded to an extent, however... Who's to say they're not going through pressures? And we, I personally don't know any maternity pressures, but from what I hear, maternity pressures are through the roof right now.
1: But I mean, I mean, look at it like this: you have women who are hormonal, who are scared of having children. On you their can't own. have partners. You can't have family in that kind of environment. That's stressful, and mm-hmm. you as a midwife have to manage that woman and give her a positive birth experience. Now you're a student, midwife, trying to become that source of strength and support for a new mother, for a new father, for a new family. And you've been left out in the cold because you're not in ICU, because you're not on a general adult ward, because you're not in a spiritual ward. Yeah. And I think it segregates and diminishes how important everybody is because just because people are not in the forefront of ITU and they're not deep knee-deep sorry in COVID doesn't mean they're less important. And I think exactly. that's something that has to be stressed. You don't have to be knee deep in COVID fighting off, fighting it off for you th- to be recognised as you're worthy or you deserve something. Everybody in the NHS is pulling together. It's a, it's, a, it's a train that needs every single part to it can mm-hmm. run, you know? And I think leaving the midwives out has, is a total snub. And I think it's a snub to the students. And I can only imagine what it makes them feel like. You know, we're not as important, we're not as valued, we're not as recognised.
0: Honestly, when really and truly, they're probably... No, not not probably. Midwives are just just as important as nurses. Completely. Completely. And I can't stress that because we're all... all, At the end of the day, we have the same goal, goal, which is to essentially give your patients a positive experience. Yeah. Regardless of the situation, you will do your best by your patients by any means, regardless whether it's a child, adult, pregnant woman and neonate or do you get what i mean so mm-hmm. everyone is trying to do the best they can and i think they should all be recognized i don't think right now they should be separated and segregated just because of what they do mm. because at the end of the day we are all going through this
1: all well yeah this. everybody's everyone is impacted by the by what happens in healthcare. so knock on effect mm. so at the end of the day you can't reward one and not reward the other yeah. And, and you can't expect one person not to be annoyed about what you're doing for someone else.
0: Yeah. I can't lie. With all of that being said, Diane, I just wish they didn't remove it at all. Because what they said they started this last year that student nurses can be paid. I don't know whether student nurses were paid, I mean student midwives were paid that time, but it was only for like six weeks.
1: Yeah, that's they what we started it and
0: then we're like, nope, we have to pull it.
1: Well, you know you know what I'm going to say. Where's the NMC? What? Where are you? You're a building with glass and bricks and mortar, but where are you? You don't speak. Like, they really frustrate me, and I'm sure if you're someone that has listened to us throughout, I'm, I will forever call out the Nursing and Midwifery Council because we pay you £120 a year to have our name on a register, and when we need you the most, you don't speak up. This is the stuff to speak up about. Like, where are they? Because I literally... we're we're governed by the same council the nursing and midwifery council therefore the rights should be the same exactly so might drop
0: (laughs) (laughs) i hear that but like i said i just hope that if they are going to pay them they're going to continue to pay them this stop and start thing is very stressful Mm. even just for the student nurses i think just for everyone in general one minute you're saying you're going to pay them the next you're not but the one thing i will say with that is I need to start off Instagram because it makes me angry. But um, on some of the blogs, you've got people talking about how we should be using the student nurses to run hospitals, run wards and run the nightingale during this time since there are, not, there are no nurses to fund them. My main thing about it is these students are students. You wouldn't call a psychology student to come and now do a mental health assessment or something on a, on a psych patient. So why would we pull student nurses to run departments and run wards? It's just not safe. They are also here to learn, and they're also they're not accountable. They're not on the they're not on the NMC
1: register. Yeah, and also it's in the name student. Um, people that, that aren't healthcare professionals, like people on the blogs, student is supposed to be supernumerary. They're not in the numbers. They don't. They're not part of staffing numbers, and. Everybody has a right to learn and to learn when they're not under pressure and, not to, and to learn when they don't feel as if someone's life depends on me in this moment. They should be able to step into a situation, experience something, learn from it and step away and reflect so that next time they can do that thing with confidence. Mm-hmm. But if you're thrust into the limelight, essentially, and be told, OK, perform because we need you now.
0: That's no,
1: dangerous. A lot of those nurses will walk away and never come back. Yeah.
0: And like with that being said, people keep saying, oh, why don't we open up the Nightingale again? Again, because we do not have nurses. We will not use student nurses to run the Nightingale. We will not use student nurses to run wards. Like Diane said, they have a right to learn. And that is what they're going to continue to do. They may be learning in in different departments that aren't their speciality, but they are learning skills yeah and as a nurse, you kind of just have to adapt because I'm not sure about your like your own experience Dan like I know there's times that I've worked in such places and I've been asked to go to another ward prior to corona and you kind of have it was still well we're peas trained so it'll still be a peas ward but it's not my experience but you know you Mm -hmm. just kind of have to get on and deal with it and go and help where possible yeah these are one of the things of being a nurse and also a midwife because whether you're if you're a midwife like I know there's many different places you could go you could go community postnatal antenatal where, wherever um, and yeah. you may not like somewhere but you go and help where the help is needed
1: yeah because it, first of all we're professionals and when you're a professional you adapt and you just get on with it you get stuck in you do your best, you support what you can support, when you need help, you ask for help. But either way, you are part of that team and you give 110% to that environment, to that patient, to that family. Exactly. That's just what we do.
0: So. so I personally don't think student nurses should be used as registered nurses. I think it's a liability to them and to us as actual nurses. Um. They, and I, all I can say is the student nurses that I've come across recently have really stepped up and are helping out and not doing things beyond their remit. And with that being said, I personally think they should be paid because what we're going through right now is a lot more than anyone ever anticipated and expected. Like, yes, it is winter and winter is always a lot worse than any time of the year. But this is a different kind of worms. Everyone is stretched and working as far as they possibly can to their best ability
1: yeah so just pay all students and it's done
0: and make it a regular thing not like you know they're going to start it now then end of february they're going to take it away again if they're going to do it it needs to be continued throughout forever how long yeah. and also possibly start looking at making the, the these courses nhs funded again because boy i can't lie if i had to pay for nursing alongside all of this i would not be doing it
1: no no definitely not
0: I wouldn't be doing that at all. But this has swiftly moved us into our next topic, which is, have y'all heard that the UK is the worst for the coronavirus numbers right now? Yeah. Was really bad, guys. I'll never do it again. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so I'd try. Um, I think the reports are saying that we have, I think, the worst death toll at the moment. Um, yeah. The amount of people dying every day. I think apparently is the worst at the moment. Um, is it a shock? No. Am I surprised? No. Are you definitely not surprised? I'm not surprised. Why not? not? Because if you're work- if you're in a country where they can't enforce any kind of proper rules, they can't provide a proper healthcare service, mm-hmm. underfunded and it's understaffed. What do you expect? Like, it's just not shocking. That's what I'm gonna say. It's not. It's not surprising. It's not fair. We 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 were never prepared for winter. They knew winter was coming. They knew they were gonna see an influx of more cases in winter because winter is always terrible. And mind you, we have never had COVID in winter. If yeah. everybody observes correctly, we first knew about COVID in March, which is spring. Yeah. We have never experienced a COVID winter before. This is the first season we're ever having it. So I would expect exacerbation of symptoms. I would expect more spread. I would expect people to be sicker than they would have been in the summer, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, like I said, I'm not surprised. I'm not surprised at all. It could have been prevented, but the government didn't do anything to try and prevent it. They haven't tried to safeguard the NHS. And as usual, they are... Put in all uh oh, my words they're putting all of the responsibility on the public to keep their precious NHS safe.
0: Which to me is kind of like telling a child to sit down. Like as in child I mean toddler. How yeah. are you gonna tell us all to sit in our homes and not leave unless it's for essential travel when you yourselves aren't even abiding by those rules.
1: Yeah but you know it's like George Orwell Animal Farm know all animals are equal just some are more equal than others this is what's playing out here very true you know someone can do something someone can do that but you can't do that you know I mean for the majority a lot of people are apparently at home but I know when I went to work today the roads were busy there was traffic and also I've seen people taking pictures of like the tubes and
0: people are still being forced to go into work yeah because they have to live if you stay at home, you can't work and you know you don't get paid. And who also, who also wants to be furloughed if you don't have to be? Yeah. And even that, whenever furlough eventually ends, what's gonna happen? Well, I'd all like the to great see I'd,
1: thing. Like, I'd, like, I'd like to see Rishi donate his seven million pound house to all those I people.
0: Hope so throwing it up this much, let's hope that he can back it up with talks but hey ho I just think I also think it's a bit of propaganda to be honest because we're not hearing anything about other countries not to say that other countries aren't still having cases rise and stuff well apart from New Zealand because we heard New Zealand are COVID free but other places like before we were hearing about France Germany the rest of Europe we haven't heard PIM in ages no which also makes me think Yes, the UK tolls are rising, but what's also happening around us? Because I know we are on an island to some extent, but we are still... Well, we're not even in the EU anymore, so they don't actually owe us that. But it just would be nice to know what we're actually around and what's actually going on in the surrounding countries around us.
1: Mm. I guess that doesn't tell. So reporting it doesn't matter. And, again, the narrative that we are, we are I guess, being governed by is fear. Yeah. Cause I the think higher the numbers people. are, the more scared people become, the more, the more people will stay at home because they're so mm-hmm. frightened.
0: Because all we're seeing is, like, a thousand-plus people are dying every day. But yeah. if I remember correctly... These numbers are mainly just around people who have had COVID. These people could have been healed, people could have had COVID last year and have healed, but when they die, they're still classed in the COVID numbers.
1: Mm. So even that is weird because, like, we were talking about this before. Mm. We don't even know how they count the numbers. Like, how does it work?
0: And don't get me wrong, guys. Like, I'm not saying that people aren't dying from this, people are. But to the magnitude that we're seeing, or is it just because, you know, I've had, COVID, well, not me personally, but, you know, if someone has had COVID before, they're just going to tarnish them with that brush and mark them with that X once they do pass. Mm. I don't think it's right. If they've died from another cause, it should be written down that they've died from another cause, not COVID. Yeah. I just think it's quite easy to blame COVID for deaths without truly really looking into what's causing them. Mm. Because, like, when COVID came around last year, they weren't doing postmortems; they were literally just burying people.
1: Oh wow! I Which even is it's scary
0: hard. because if you suddenly hear, like, you know, this person has died and they've just died of COVID, when really and truly they could have had something else underlying. Usually, you have that right to request for a postmortem, but no, that was all withdrawn.
1: Mm. So are we
0: still following protocol? That sort of, yeah, that's what sort a of protocol now is. That how we're getting our numbers. Or how are they doing it? I'd love to know, because this is something yeah. to really keep away from us.
1: Mm. Definitely. But I, I'd also like to see survivors, survivor numbers. And you I know, think, people think have more survivor
0: numbers than death tolls, but they're not going to show us that because of scare tactics.
1: Well, I guess, I guess they need to drive home the message of staying at home. And I guess the higher the death toll is, the more you will stay at home. Whereas, I guess, if you see people are surviving you are more than likely to think, well, so many have survived over those that have died. So therefore, why am I staying at home? Yeah,
0: because I think that's probably the one thing that's really scaring people into staying at home. And then you've got others that just don't care. They're like, yeah, I'm going to live my life. Um, it's the numbers. We, mm. we're, we're seeing these grand numbers that are coming to our phones via the BBC, Sky News, whatever news outlet you listen to. Mm. But like you said, Diane, what about the survival rates? Like we ourselves know people that have had it and survived. Yeah. I know more people to have it and survive than to have it and have died. Mm. But we never talk about the survival rates.
1: Yeah. And I and I think if you're going to try and protect the mental health of society, you should talk about people surviving. You should give people some kind of hope. Um. Mm. Right now, the hope is in the vaccine. But I think if people heard that people are surviving, maybe about they might not be their normal selves. They might have what they call long COVID or they're having still recovering. But if people Mm -hmm. are alive and we're leaving hospital alive, that's something to rejoice and be proud of. And a celebration of how amazing the NHS is, that they're saving lives. You know, people aren't just going in there and dying, that people are coming out.
0: Mm -hmm. You can say that again, girl. But with that being said, that moves us sweetly into our next topic dun, 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 dun. Oh, the vaccine I know we have spoken about the vaccine many times on our podcast but I think this is more the aftermath of it and mm. see, we're seeing now because a lot of people have been vaccinated now um, again it's entirely your choice if you choose to be vaccinated me it's the views shared by me and Diane are our own views on yeah. the vaccine please do not take it as you know it's, it's not possible. Possible. And you know what, our thoughts and our thoughts about it could possibly change at some time. But for now, this is strongly how we feel about it. Yeah. But with that being said, so I feel, I think Diane also feels the same, that people are now using the I've had the vaccine phrase as like a freedom pass.
1: Yeah. When yeah. really
0: and truly, if we think about it, if we're, comp- well, COVID-19 is a pandemic flu so if we think about the flu vaccine you can still have the vaccine and still end up with the flu so who Mm. say that you know you won't end up with COVID with minimal symptoms
1: yeah so the article that came out today basically warned that people that have received the vaccine are now starting to feel like they're immune to the virus which means that they essentially can do what they want because they've had it and they're armed against it. Mm-hmm. And I think the government are worried about a spike now in, in transmission and a spike in infection because they believe that this is the attitude that people have. Mm-hmm. Um, now, me personally, they did this to themselves yeah. because from December when Hancock was talking about the vaccine coming and this being light at the end of a tunnel. He, to me, gave people this ideology that this is your key to freedom. You have this vaccine, we're gonna go back to normal. You get this vaccine, we can resume business. Like, things will all be fine again if we can vaccinate every single person. Yeah. So I can understand why people are kind of running with the narrative that, now I've got it. I should be good, like, I'm fine. I mean, we know that this is not the case because the vaccine is just meant to suppress symptoms and make them more manageable, basically. Yeah. So I'd say it's kind of meant to hold you at bay. So you probably can still get COVID, but won't need to go to the hospital for treatment. Yeah. And um, ride it out for a few days. Like this. Yeah. Yeah. So this, this invincibility that I guess the vaccine warriors now have. Um, it's a bit dangerous. A bit? It is dangerous because
0: people now feel like they can go mixing, seeing their friends, doing X, Y, and Z, but really and truly, we don't know what the outcomes of that could be. And like I said, if you are someone who has taken the vaccine, would you not rather wait and be, would you not still take precautions regardless of you've had the first vaccine or had both of them? Because mm. if it is similar to like the flu vaccine, you can defo still get it. And even yeah. some people that still have the flu vaccine, for example, still end up really sick.
1: Mm.
0: So I wouldn't, like Dan said, it's I wouldn't say that the vaccine would give you immunity. I think it's it's there to suppress suppress symptoms and keep you at bay. I just don't want people to go out thinking like, you know, I'm, I can survive anything now, now that I've mm. had this vaccine, because really truly, sure, you don't know what else is out there. And the variants keep changing. I'm not going to sit here and say that the variant, that, the vaccines don't adhere to the variants that's another that's another question another discussion for another day but with how quickly things are changing I wouldn't be so quick to go mixing with everyone
1: yeah I don't know it's just like I said that the vaccines are very touchy topic yeah Um, but me personally the government sold this narrative and they now have to deal with the aftermath of the story that they told people that mm-hmm. so they need to sort out their campaigns, get their adverts on TV and promote that. If you are having the vaccine, you're not invincible and you still need to be cautious and take care.
0: Yeah. But also with that being said, as we, I'm not sure how many people know this, but there are a lot of vaccines that go off very, very, very quickly. And but I think personally, from my own research, we're probably wasting a lot more money than we are saving in terms of the vaccine. I'm not saying let's get rid of the vaccine at all, no. What I'm saying is that the shelf life of the vaccines aren't lasting long. I'm not I'm not sure how long. It might even just be for, you know, two weeks, 28 days or something like that. So lots of GP practices or places that are vaccinating are tracking away a lot of vaccines. And I think... Well, this is kind of stolen from a friend, but I think this that those vaccines, while while they still remain in date, should be used for the second doses because otherwise, it's a waste. And like me, is, and there, is, a, is
1: there enough in the vials left to give somebody a whole dose? Yeah, but no, but it's not even in the vials; it's the actual vaccine
0: that like they haven't given
1: enough in that particular period of time.
0: Do you get mm-hmm. what I mean?
1: So the vaccines don't come in vials, they come in syringes, like pre-done. I think they come in vials, but... but once you draw it up, you have some left, so you have enough to give one more uh, person. I'm not sure if it's that or
0: whether it's, like, the packet. For example, if you've got, like, a pack of, like, triaxone and say there's, like, 20 in the pack and you've only used 10, then okay. you've got a spare 10, you could use that to give other people people that are ready to have their second dose their second dose instead of chucking it all away at the end of the month. Do you get where I'm coming from? Whether it's pre yeah. whether it's a pre-filled syringe or not, we're chucking away a great deal. Excuse me. We're chucking away a great deal of vaccinations that really and truly could be used. And I think this will probably make people want to be vaccinated a lot quicker. Because mm. personally, if I've got to wait three months to have part two, I might as well just not
1: have it. But then my question is, though, what is the recommended guidance between your doses? So I believe it was originally it was two weeks, two to three weeks.
0: From first dose to third dose. I mean, wow, just skip to from first dose to second dose. Right. It was between two to three weeks. And then they said, oh, if we do that, we're not going to be able to immunise as many people. So we're now going to make it three months. Okay. But the official guidelines was about two to three weeks. So if you're going to chuck them away anyway, and they and they're still in date, mm-hmm. and I'm not here speaking on the use of um, expired medicines while they're still in date. Why not, you know, give them to people that need that want slash need their second dose? It's kind of mm-hmm. like we don't have money, but we're here to spend money. That we're gonna have to pay
1: for. Welcome, Welcome to England. <laughs> this is what we do we spend what we don't have and then what we do have we waste it
0: because it just seems more feasible for that to happen
1: I mean it sounds it it sounds good because I mean anybody that works in healthcare that handles medicine when we have to make it up and things like that we waste a lot of drugs the amount of times you take out a meal or something and you chuck away a whole vial so we just waste a lot that no one should lie to you they waste a lot you can draw up fluids from a bag and throw all of them away. Like, we just waste so much. Yeah. So I believe if that's what is happening when they do take the vaccine, then they should, I guess, form a system where you can have, like, you can call people up on a list who you know have had it and say this is available today or it's available now or however what you need to do and get them in. I guess it'd be faster. You, that way you've secured that people have had the complete course of the vaccine, essentially. Yeah. Because in that way, you
0: also get people who were taking it within the recommend the actual recommended dosage time. Because three months, there was also, but if you're going to wait three months, there's also of course the thoughts of how active is the second dose really going to be if you've waited three months for the first. If you've waited three months since the first one, when the actual guidelines in regards to the vaccination was two to three weeks. Mm. hope I'm making sense, people
1: yeah so basically if we're gonna like summarize what you're saying is if there's dosage left over in vials or however way they're prepared because what what i've seen they look like they're vials so Mm -hmm. if they have vials that are left they should try and use all of the drug so basically it would be smart if they had a system where if they had stuff left over they could contact people that have already had the first dose and they could come in and get it sooner
0: Yeah, instead of waiting your three months, you could have it done within your two to three weeks because there will be doses. Obviously, you can't do it for everyone, but this is just a way
1: to stop wastage, really. Well, yeah, and I guess use all the drug.
0: Yeah, so then that way you don't have to to buy money. money. So you might as well squeeze every penny out of it. Exactly. The current NHS cash cow is running very dry, so... By any means, how we ever can save money and still be able to deliver things to people, why shouldn't we? Mm. And I think a lot more people would take this up than if they like a lot more people would have their second dose than wait the three months.
1: Yeah, I guess you want it over and done with, don't you? Pardon? I guess you'd want it over and done with if you can get it done and you've had the complete course, then it's finished.
0: My only thing is we just don't know how long Immunity lasts for In terms of the injection And I don't mean immunity as in like you're invincible But once you've had the injection How
1: long does the injection last for but I, I, I have a feeling though That this will turn into like a flu jab Where you have it every year Which You're probably right
0: So just the I have Two doses of the, of the Covid jab every year because
1: that's very long yeah. It'll be like a top up oh boy Until numbers are manageable, I guess it will have to be like a schedule. Yeah. And you just have it every single year. Look at the world we
0: live in, guys. Boy. I just wish life could go back to somewhat normal.
1: (laughs) Whereas this is normal for now. It's the new normal. You just have to... Do you know what it is? You almost just have to look forward and just walk and take a step and just... Get on. You just have to do what you need to do and try your best to live how you would live yeah. if this wasn't going on. Because I think if you try and remodel yourself too much, or you or you're you're governed by the news and governed by a lot of what's happening, it is going to really affect your site. Yeah. And so I feel like we have to just almost embrace what's going on. Like mm-hmm. this is the situation that we're in, and we just have to. We've done it for a year, so we can continue to do it till it's finished. Yeah. Like yes, and it has been difficult, but. We're persevering will, and pushing through. It will end. Everything ends. Everything has to finish. So this will finish. Definitely.
0: But hey, that brings us to the end of that topic. Yes. Yes. Definitely. So now, guys, just about coping mechanisms. Yes, we are in lockdown number three. It hurts me every time I say it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I feel we, like we talk about this a lot, though. Like, unfortunately. Yeah. Um, how to cope, what to do. Um, but I guess it's important to keep reiterating the different channels or the different avenues you can take and do to make sure that you are well in yourself and that your well being is a priority.
0: Definitely. Because, guys, you come before anything else. And what I mean by you is me personally, like I become before anything else to me the same way you become before anything else to yourselves. If you're not right, nothing you do will be right. And like like we've been saying, we're, we're going through some very stressful times, stressful and testing times. So right now, finding like little coping mechanisms, whether like for you it's journaling, having a little group, that, not saying that you know you need to go out meeting them, but having like a group of friends that you can contact and basically just vent like I have a few nursing groups from places that I worked with that when things get very tough we literally have a group chat and cry out you know we do it like girls do um and that helps and if you're religious having prayer groups with other fellow nurses and midwives and other healthcare professionals whatever works for you guys there's just so many things you could do whether you could read or take time out you know cut cut off your time from social media things like that just to rejuvenate yourself and also guys make sure you're getting out and going for walks especially if you're working from home I can't tell you how wonderful it's been just to go out and get some fresh air like you you don't even believe the difference that it makes mm-hmm. you may not want to do it but honestly even if it's five ten minutes just get out there breathe in the fresh air it's so different to literally just putting your head outside a window
1: yeah definitely and I think it's just about making do with what how things are you know take different walking paths drive somewhere different and mm. walk in a different place or read a different type of book um, have a zoom quiz um play games sleep if meditate exercise Audio um, books, read books there's so
0: many different things listen to a podcast listen to us listen to whatever you need to do whatever your body is telling you you need to listen to it because it's taking a big toll on all of us spa days for all when this is over <laughs> for
1: sure.
0: For sure. but honestly don't forget to pamper yourselves because you guys are doing a great job whatever you're doing because it's not easy for any of us in whatever whatever you study whatever
1: you work as whatever you do it's
0: not easy yeah. for any least, no, if
1: you're not working if you if you're someone who's been heavily impacted by what's been happening, which means you're not doing what you would normally be doing routine-wise, you're not going out to work, you're home. That can also be quite draining, just being at home. Um, So I I would say just don't be hard on yourself. I think take it easy. Um, Remember that, I guess, everyone's carrying the same cross. That's the right word to say. And it says heavy at different points for for everybody. Um, So... No one should ever feel like they are alone, but there's a lot out there. There's a lot of charities, there's a lot of organizations that do support people. Um, and just make sure you equip yourself with the knowledge and the information.
0: Yeah. And, and don't be-, be afraid to even reach out to us. If it's just a conversation you're after, you can, you can always feel free and hit us up. Me and Diane will help you the best way possible. And I think a lot of the nursing platforms have been saying like, you know, if people feel type of way, you can reach out. We may not be the best people. If anything, we will always find some way to signpost you to. But honestly, baby boys and baby girls, we are all going through the same things and it's difficult for all of us. I know some can handle it better than others, but don't see it as you're not working hard and you're not doing the best you can because you definitely are. We've never been through times like this and it's very difficult. And, like, if you've got family members who are also unwell whilst you're going through a lot of this stuff, like, just make sure to take some time to look after yourself. Because I, I I don't know about you guys, but I know sometimes I find that I get wrapped up in everyone else's business that I don't take care of what's there for me. Mm. But that's what I'm learning to do, is take some time out for Geraldine. And, you know, Geraldine matters. And it's very, it's very difficult, don't get me wrong, but I know the NHS... Um, the NHS have, um, what was I going to say? For example, like you use apps like Headspace and stuff. Like if you do have an NHS login, I believe you can get a free premium account through an NHS email address. So if that's something that you want to try and use and also like Spotify has, a. if you use Spotify and I also think Apple Music probably has it too. And wherever you stream or listen to, they have a lot of like meditation stuff and things you can listen to to help calm you down because music's also a great thing if it means just turning off the news and not listening to n- listening to it so be it like i'm an avid news listener and like every morning rain sun rain sun or shine i have to listen to the news to hear the weather and of course i'm going to hear corona updates just because it's there after a while i just had to stop listening to it because i couldn't bear it for my own soul and my own sanity so do what is it is do whatever it is you need to do for yourself guys And utilise whatever coping mechanisms you can because you're doing a great job. Mm. It's not easy, but do the best you can and utilise your support bubbles. Of course, in tier four, well, we're not even in tier four anymore, tier five, whatever we're going to call this, national lockdown, you shouldn't be seeing anyone. However, if you are in one of the groups that you can still mingle, do it with caution and just make sure you're protecting yourselves, guys
1: yeah basically stay safe Mm -hmm. but not just physically it's mentally and emotionally and i think that's what's at most risk here um and it's it's just about protecting your peace and knowing yourself and i think this is a very good time to use this chance as a reset button yeah we're in january um reset as in the whole pandemic it's like a reset of your life it's an evaluation it's a reflection period It's time to work on you, for you. And I think to me, that's just how I view it. Like it's a reset. I'm forced to sit with myself and my thoughts and think about me. And we don't ever get that in life because we lead such busy lives. And I think if anything, this has made us stop and have to look at our lives properly. Um, So yeah, reflection, meditation, relaxation, rest, all the positive Rs.
0: Exactly. So with that being said, we hope that you guys have been able to enjoy this week's episode. And if possible, you can use some of the techniques and see what helps you. And also, guys, we love to hear from you. As I always say, we really do love to hear from you. We love to hear your feedback. because We're getting great feedback on Apple Music, Apple, no, Apple Podcasts. And guys, keep sharing it. Keep emailing us how you feel, how the podcasts are. If you've got any topics you want us to discuss or if you would even like to discuss them yourself, feel free to hit us up and we can see what we can arrange. Mm
1: -hmm. Because
0: we are for the people. Yeah. So we want to be your voice. So hit us up, guys. But take care, stay safe. And yeah. Yeah. Enjoy and we'll be back next week with another episode. Take care, guys. Bye. Bye food. So-